Better podcast. Sadly missing Lena Anderson as a regular host, but uh, joining us as a guest today. Purpose, the whole purpose of the podcast is to help business owners make their business better. So um, I started my business and I do this podcast and I do everything else that I do because I've seen, you know, the best of it and the worst of it. And business can be really profitable, really uh, joyful, really awesome. And I think it should be that way. So that's why we do this. Um, and my guest today is the one, the only, oh no, what's your handle? The real Lane Anderson. The real right? Lane Anderson. So, Not the fake Lane you. Anderson. Thank you so much. And I'm like, now I'm scheming. I'm like, how often can I get him as a guest? Like, maybe I'll just <laughs> do my podcast once a month and then I'll have him be a monthly guest. But yeah, um, can you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, so I'm your old podcast co-host. Also... Oh founder and CEO of a marketing firm in Lethbridge called London Road Media. Uh, we mostly serve SMBs in Southern Alberta, though not exclusively, and that seems to be growing more and more. But what we do that's a bit different is we really partner with our clients to become their complete out-of-house marketing department. We want to be there to advise, oversee, and execute on the marketing, not just services for sale. And so uh -huh. we're really going after that new like that's a model that's becoming more and more popular of the whole fractional cmo so if you can't afford to have a, a chief marketing officer in your company then you can have a portion of one <laughs> by outsourcing it and so we're in that model of the fractional cmo and fractional marketing team that you can hire uh, an entire marketing department for a fraction of what it would cost to hire in-house and then when you're big enough to hire an entire marketing department can't wait for you to do that and fire us and build your own marketing department but in the that's meantime awesome. we're your fractional marketing department awesome i love that that's uh that must be a huge service to most businesses who are trying to take that to get past that, that sort of that next level of growth because yeah they can't go find an amazing marketing department or head of marketing right away right it's got to yeah, awesome. it's good. And and, and I think we introduce a lot of businesses for the first time of actually doing a lot more strategic marketing rather than just being responsive and knee jerk and whatever the flavor of the month is. But even looking at an annual perspective and figuring out what are we going to do this year and getting really strategic and intentional and well planned about what we do um, so that you just get better performance and more efficiency and everything. So that's off, that's usually the new piece we bring to the table where they're used to just hiring someone for their services. I need a website, I need a video made, I need some ads run, I need whatever. Um, but we kind of come in as that advise and then oversee and then also execute. But a lot of that, that's the fun part. That's awesome. I, uh, our live call next week, we just decided this afternoon, Tim and I, that it would be uh, proactive versus reactive leadership because there's been so many people I've found lately that are just, um, I guess, freaking out. I'll use freaking out because, you know, there's moments where I have been freaking out too with COVID. Just so many challenges, so many changes, and uh, just not knowing so many things. Um, we've all, I think, become a little bit reactive, but that marketing, the marketing approach, people, if that's a problem that existed long before COVID is that people are just like kind of throwing stuff up or responding to what happens or doing what their competition is doing. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. So I love that being more strategic about it. That's great. And I think a lot of our clients too, with the consulting I do, they wish we did the work, you know? So I think that's awesome. That's a yeah. whole package. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, so we, t we, uh, 
usually we talk about why this topic is so important and I, and I wrote in there it's too obvious to even mention but obviously we want to talk about things real time that are going to help business owners and during uh, an uncertain time where a lot of businesses aren't able to fully sell in person um, online marketing and selling is really really important and so I really wanted to pick your brain on that and have you cool. give us some education on um, so I guess We've got a couple of points listed out here. Um, I'm going to let you basically teach us a class today, if you don't mind, because okay. I've really been missing your expertise. Uh, but in in the other, like in China, I think the, the one report I was reading where things have sort of like come back to normal or things are reopened, they're seeing drastic drops in consumer spending, right? So even when things are back to, you know, fully open, whatever that looks like, there may still be a lot less money being spent in someone's industry. So it's more important for them to get like a bigger market share. Right. So I was really hoping that you could help us, you know, what should people do right now? Yeah. So I had made a note in there that um, the psychology around con consuming has changed and behavior around consuming has changed. So both of those has changed, but one of the, I think one of the biggest changes I've noticed that you could possibly take a positive out of this is such an enormous influx in supporting small independent business and local business. Like it's enormous how much more of an advantage you have by being a local business now, rather than like the Walmarts and the Home Depots and the whatever are at a disadvantage right now because people are actually finally actively seeking out a local alternative because everyone is just, there's so much empathy right now. Everyone is, feels that we're struggling. And if I can do something to help my neighbor because he owns a landscape company, then I'm going to hire him rather than, you know, go buy some tools at Home Depot or whatever. It's just, there's so much uh, empathy and support for locals. So I think like we just, um, can't tell you who it is, but we just got a new client today that's going to be opening a new local business. And it's the first independent um, offering compared to the, the box store offering that we currently have and like I'm so excited because they were planning to do this before this happened and they had to of course hit pause for a few months while they're working things out but like they're so perfectly poised right now to be an amazing new downtown business offering a local alternative where we currently don't really have one and it's the perfect time do you do this on purpose? You make me want to know so bad. <laughs> is this do. a marketing thing? This is the marketing psychology. You got to tease it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. That's awesome. I can't wait to see what it is. Yeah. I, uh, that's so true. I love that. And I remember reading some research before that said, uh, I'm totally probably, these numbers are probably wrong, but I want to say that something like 70% of people claim to be uh, green and like earth conscious and socially responsible, but it was like, who actually acted that way was like 14% or something crazy. Yeah. Like a lot of people will say, yeah, yeah, support local or whatever, but not actually live that way. But you're saying- And, and there's there's a portion of that. Like there's definitely, you know, if if uh, verbal support of local business went up 100%, then probably actual money going into the till action probably went up 70% or something, right? Like it doesn't no. match, like for yeah. sure it, it is greater than the actual action. But still, the ver like that's still valuable. I mean, if you go look at just about any, or at least all the ones we're involved with, any local businesses' um, social media accounts are getting reach and engagement like they haven't in years because of how much people are at least saying that they want to support local. So at least that's valuable. You're you're being able to have relationships with so many more people because of how much 
more people are wanting to support these kind of businesses. So yeah, as, actually, hopefully there's some follow through. Sorry, what was that last thing you said? Oh, I just said, so hopefully there's some follow through as well, but at yeah. least that's something. I know there is because I can see it just in myself and in my businesses. Like um, even like I went to the bakery last week to bring food to Tim and his crew and they, uh, they wanted like, what did they want? I don't know, something bad for you, donuts or something. And I ended up getting like four different things of like cheese buns and donuts and cupcakes. And it, it was like 30 something dollars, but I was happy to do it. I almost wanted to grab more things off the counter just because I was like, oh, this local bakery is open. Like it's really, yeah. And actually we saw that at Shoe Solutions today. People, I, I, I was really, I was trying not to get into doubt because I was like, oh, but it could go the other way, you know, and we could be overstaffed and we could be, you know, setting our goals too high and people could be scared to spend money and staying home. But we've had one of our biggest days today. And awesome. Yeah. So people are coming flooding back to local, yeah. to local businesses, at least mission driven businesses that I work with. So mm -hmm. awesome. Well, I love that. So that's a good thing. Has uh, what else has changed about behavior? Um, so people's willingness to shop online obviously has shifted a lot. Um, and I think in the past we've thought about online versus local and for some reason, I don't, I don't really know why, but Amazon. local can be online. <laughs> like why yeah. they're not, they're not two different things. You can be both. Like you can be a local business that sells online. And so that has changed a lot where, um, the people who used to just have a local brick and mortar and saw that as an opponent to online, um, are now thinking about being online because of consumer behavior is people who used to come in the store are now very willing to go online and support local. So for to people who are saying, well, I don't want to shop online. Usually they mean, I don't want to shop at big, huge conglomerate companies like Amazon online, but you can still shop online and support local. So that's, that behavior has changed a lot. We had two different existing clients who both already offered doorstep delivery in their business before this happened. And then the second this happened, they both just had incredible growth in that side of their business, obviously. And uh, that's, they were already set up to be an online company and they were already positioned to take advantage of that or not. It's not even taking advantage. They were just, you know, they, they got Ready. to reap. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I want to, I want to stop on that one just for one sec here. Sorry, because um, like one of our, one business I'm thinking of was forced to get their online store to work. And it was something that they should have done for the last five years. Like it, we wanted to have it as part of their options for customers, especially customers who have bought before, who know what they're getting. Why wouldn't we have the sales automated and delivered rather than having to pay an employee to take care of the person in the store, right? So I think I've seen it kind of forcing businesses to get better a little bit. Yeah, and I'm wondering what that's gonna mean on the operational side of business. And maybe in the past, I would have conjectured on this when I was co-host, but I'm only speaking to marketing sides now. <laughs> but I mean, do you consider do we really need this much overhead? Like, can't we just have a little showroom in the front and then still support the same amount of customers by positioning half of it online and doing delivery and doing pickup? And like, do we need an $8,000 lease to have this huge space? Yeah, so I, I, I think that's going to change a lot. And, and so that's going to mean tough things for different people, commercial landlords and stuff. But um, yeah, some businesses, I don't know how they could ever go back. You know, I know a lot of people have trimmed their overhead down to so minimal. They're, they're having their most profitable months ever. 
And so bringing all of that back would just be irresponsible in some ways. But um, have you ever, did you ever read that book, Reengineering Retail? I have not. It's uh, basically, I think it's an IT analyst or not an IT analyst. I'm totally saying it wrong. Um, I'll, I'll send you a picture of the book later, but it's all about how retail stores who don't focus on the experience are going to become extinct because of online sales. But if you can really maintain that connection with the customer, that incredible experience, that place where people want to come and be and hang out, then you will survive. Mm -hmm. You know, like you won't have to, you won't go out of business because of online sales. But that whole thing that I was pretty much living by, uh, that's turned upside down now. Because like in, in, the shoe, in the shoe store, we have to get people in and out as fast as possible. Where in the old days, it was like, how can we get them to hang out and have fun? And like, we we're going to put some arcade games in there, some couches. And now it's illegal to do that. Right. Like it says <laughs> in, right in the order, you know? So um, I think the only, the only characteristic that you can build into your business that will never change, that's going to be important is flexibility. Mm -hmm. yeah. you have, that, has to be, that has to be one of your things. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Sorry, I totally threw us off, off topic. That's all right. So... so yeah, behavior, it's all about the fact that people have changed the, or they, they've become more willing to make the purchase online. But another important part of it is at least during this time, and it might go back to where it was, but people are less um, less picky about what that process looks like. Like in the past, you really need to have a well-built e-commerce store, really conversion optimized, really slick, like you know, all the psychology is considered about colors of buttons and, you know, minimum clicks and like all that stuff. And right now, literally just take a photo of 10 things in your inventory and throw them on Facebook as a carousel post and you're going to sell all of them. And people's method of purchasing is sending you a Facebook message and then e-transferring you money and then you drop it on their doorstep. Like three months ago, people would be like, what are you doing? How amateur is that? Like go build a proper store. But right now that just the um the patience or willingness or whatever it is people's willingness to tolerate something that's not entirely convenient is very high and so awesome. no one has an excuse to not take it online because all you need is a facebook page and your smartphone and you can be selling stuff in the next half hour like it's just it's it doesn't have point. to be fancy and don't hire me to do it because by the time you pay me and then make your profit off the sales i get you you're at like break even by the time this thing blows over so like just set up a pretty honky like simple thing duct tape and two by fours and make it happen yeah it, it's it actually that exact thing has happened in a few businesses that i've been talking to and it and it works like they all sold right away yeah that's a good point because i i know i tried to buy an online course last year and you kind of you kind of forget how lucky we are and how spoiled we are with technology because it's like the the screen was like a little spinning thing and i was like oh, well i'm not i'm not buying this then. <laughs> yeah. it's like oh my gosh you had to wait three seconds but yeah, yeah that's how people usually are with online shopping so you're saying that's that tolerance is much higher okay yeah, yeah. i feel like that'll go back but who knows and there was something I, I was wanting to do like a month ago and then we've just been so busy i haven't been able to and now i feel like people are starting to transition back to brick and mortar but i was wanting to do like a quick tutorial of how to set up a facebook page to be a shop because you can add the shop tab to your page and then you can just add inventory items you set a description and a price and some pictures and 
all this stuff. And then, and then it just says message us to buy and you can set up a little e-commerce store on your Facebook page. And then once that's set up, then if you're, if you uh, have the knowledge of how to set up Facebook ads, then you can even advertise those products. You don't have to just like boost a post that had some photos. You can actually set up some proper ads and you can do a lot. You don't need to get into Shopify or WooCommerce or Amazon or anything flashy. Yeah. Just... I liked what you said. You're, you're, you're always a little more in your face than I am, but people have no excuse to not sell online. Like I, no, I like if, if you have something that, that can sell. Yeah. Yeah. We had, so, I mean, everyone, it's no secret. Like everyone knows we do Italian tables marketing. If you know us locally, they decided to kind of last minute to do the mother's day brunch. Cause everyone was kind of, was it the mother's day one? No, sorry. It's the Easter one. It's the first one they did. Because everyone, all the catering companies, different restaurants are putting together Easter brunch uh, kind of packages that you could pre-order. And they started hearing about how uh, quite a few restaurants were running short and and fully booked and couldn't take orders. So they realized, like, maybe we should actually jump on this, even though that's not normally something we would do. And so I was literally told at, like, 3-something p.m. in the afternoon on, like, Friday, <laughs> hey, can we make a post about this? And we had it up within the next hour. And all we did was made one organic post about book your your Easter uh, brunch or dinner or whatever it was. And he sold, I, I forget how many it was, but he sold, he um, served something like 200 servings of, of Easter dinner by one organic post that went up Friday afternoon before Easter. <laughs> so it's like, it's just now. so easy. You're turning on times in an hour. That's the expectation you just set. Call Lane, yeah. he'll have it up in an hour. It's, and then you'll get 200 orders. That's the yeah, Just like that, boom, done. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And that was organic. Yeah, not an ad at all. That was just, just a post. So that's what I mean is like, you don't have to get fancy. We just took a photo that we had sitting in a folder somewhere and put a description of what you're offering and posted it. Like that's, that's how high the willingness is for people to support local and buy that way rather than whatever, going to a fast food place or another restaurant or yeah, people are wanting to support these people because they know how much they're struggling. And was there tons of sharing on the posts and stuff too? Yeah, yeah, like dozens and dozens of shares and likes and comments and everything, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I've seen that's increased huge for every business that I've talked to. Yeah. Like I, I just randomly looked at someone's Facebook page the other day. It's a, a repair shop in, in another city in Alberta, and I was like, is this right? Like, he only has 200 Facebook followers, and it was like 900 views, and I'm like, 13 shares. I'm like, who? Do you know these people? No. And it just started, it's just started upticking since... COVID people are just like oh I'll share this you know yeah awesome yeah so part of it is is the the interest in um wanting to support local and independent business but the other is just in general people are at home and spending more time on Facebook than or Instagram or the websites or whatever than ever before so there's just you're getting so many more impressions and reach on your post just because of that too people are scrolling longer they're getting to your content like there's just multiple reasons why you're able to reach people digital ads right now still are incredibly affordable because there's so much extra ad inventory in facebook and google because every time someone spends five seconds online you've given the opportunity to have an ad be shown to you right so the more people are spending time online the more possible ads there are to show people so that's just there's just this huge influx in ad inventory available so all of us that are advertising it's all about competition and, and it's just so much cheaper right now to advertise because of that even. Yeah. 
So are, what about psychology? You've talked about psychology is changing as well. Yeah, the psychology part, I think um, I did a talk about this like a month ago or something, and then I turned it into a huge blog post. And so there's detailed so version good. of this. But the one you but, emailed? The yeah, it was in the email as well. Yeah, it, it's like, I really see it as whether you want to, because there's, there's criticisms of Maslow's pyramid and hierarchy of needs for sure. But regardless of whether you buy into that or not, people's psychology about what's important to them has changed. So whether it's because of Maslow's pyramid and it's like, well, I used to be focused on become like self-actualization, like the top of the pyramid, I want to be the greatest version of myself. And, and according to Maslow's theory is it's hard to concentrate on those higher things when base things aren't met. So at the very bottom, like physiological, I need food and water and sleep and roof and clothing. I need that before I can worry about being the best version of myself. And then above that, you know, I need safety and security and, and there's like the pyramid. So if you believe in the Maslow thing, then um, as soon as those things come at risk, then your focus switches there. Like if people are no longer able to put food on their table, that is their primary concern. And they're not worried about whether or not they wash their Lexus. Like it just doesn't matter. So it's, it, it just completely shifted people's motivation. Um, but regardless, yeah, if you don't, if the Maslow thing is like, oh, that's kind of hokey and old psychology theory, just you can't deny that people's uh, motivation has changed or what's important to them, like spending time at home, like trying to connect with people again, trying to still have a social life, even though we have to do it in new ways. Um, I mean, you see the huge wave of people gardening and doing yard work this spring. Like you can't find vegetable seeds in a store anymore because everyone has a garden now. Like people's mind has shifted to what's important in their life. So that, that psychology piece is a huge change. So anyone who works in aspirational marketing, like the Lexus or anyone who's selling something about becoming your best self or about class or any of that, that that's difficult. They're going to have to change uh, their messaging to start addressing a need that's more relevant to people right now. Um, but everyone else who's uh, like, we have, like we have a bakery is the example I give in the blog. Um, and as soon as, this all happened and we just all we had to do is make an ad that said don't worry we still have bread like come on in shelves are stocked when everyone's energy and attention is focused on just meeting their basic physiological need about making sure they're stocked up and have food to eat you've just given them the perfect solution to their needs so that ad just goes insane uh, and gets a ton and ton of attention so it's all about meat and marketing always has been it's always about meeting people's needs like what what are we doing for them? What need do we meet? And that's, this is not a new concept, but now it's more relevant than ever because people's needs just shifted a lot. And you need to redo, like you need to ask again, right? Like the research we did before COVID may not hold, you know, their motivation for purchasing your product or service may be different now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I hope, I wish Bootsma Bakery was watching or listening. Or I wish they were one of your clients, but like we, I drove all over town for like, three hours one day trying to find yeast for some reason everyone bought all the yeast yeah they're all making their own bread and tim was like really wanted buns so i tried really hard to get it and i couldn't so i ended up buying pizza yeast which it did work if anyone's wondering but i didn't um, know there was a difference i don't think it is i think it's marketing to be honest but uh, i tried figuring it out my mom marketers ruin everything no mark it's brilliant i love it i love i love marketing but um 
Tim went to Boots My Bakery, which I think he does more often than he'd like to admit, but he found little, they made their own little packages of yeast and put a sticker, their store sticker on it. And he sent it to me and in the picture. He didn't have it beside a hand or anything. So I thought it was like this big. And right. I was like, oh, he has no concept of how much yeast you need to make like a whole thing of buns. I thought he bought himself like this big, <laughs> like, like a 10 pound stuff. bag of yeast. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, that's brilliant. They probably yeah. took their bulk yeast that they get for mm -hmm. a really good cost, broke it up into little two tablespoon bags. They're probably making 3000% on it. And if they just put that on Facebook or Instagram, the it would get shared like crazy and yeah. they, they would get sold out because everybody wanted yeast like yeah. i went to every grocery store it, it's so yeah like the opportunity then once they posted it it would get shared and yeah really that's really cool i like that and also i really like this i don't know if it's the new you or if you uh just because you're not the co-host you're trying to be less uh aggressive or nicer to me or something but i've never heard you argue both sides of something before you're usually <laughs> like this is the this is the way it works you know, the other, the other side is incorrect. They haven't done their research, you know, but to address, well, if you don't like Maslow's hierarchy, you know. Um, I, I just don't want anyone to criticize and be like, oh, that's so hokey. You can you can focus on self-actualization while your whatever job is at risk, but I don't know. No, it's it's well, debatable. You can only focus on one thing at a time. So if you're thinking about your job being at risk, you're not thinking about your Lexus. But I, I do think there are, whenever we generalize, like if you were to say, when the unemployment rate was really low, when people would say, oh, there's no employees out there. I'm like, you are being so stupid right now. Yes, in general, as a, on a, like, as a whole, the unemployment rate is low and there are fewer employees, but that doesn't mean there's zero. Right. There might be three people out there and you could get them if you tried, you know? Um, so there will still be some people who are not, they're not affected and there'll be some businesses who are doing great and there'll be some people who their income didn't stop or their, I don't oh, know. I'm gonna say yeah. their investments didn't drastically fall, but I don't think there is anybody that. But has. but there's only so there's five levels of the pyramid, and number three is that social need, like belongingness and feeling loved and like having relationships, and that I don't care who you are, that's at risk right now. Like everyone's Absolutely. affected that way, Absolutely. and so that's where when I talked about this, I said like Maslow's pyramid got the top lopped off because the top two are just gone. Like no one's got above the, I need socialization. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm married to an extrovert and like extroverts are going through their own extra challenge. Like yeah, for me, yeah. I'm like, this kind of is boring. I'd like to get out, but I'm like, I'm good. This is fine. <laughs> but, I was going to say you seem very well adjusted in your home office. That's great. It's, it's a little empty and like echoey right now because we're mid transition to a different room, but <laughs> I do enjoy working from home now. Yeah, I, I told you earlier before we went live, I, I saw your wife at the park and it was all I could do to not hug her. I was like, hello. <laughs> Friends, people. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, I read your article and I thought it was so good. I really Thanks. loved it. I was like, you should send more emails. Um, but yeah, you're right. So imagine if you had a company that could fill that. I mean, Zoom is probably, whoever invested in Zoom, think they, uh, they're probably thinking they're lucky stars. Yeah. Zoom? And, and you see the big companies realizing that and and changing, right? So um, Google just invested so much into Google Meet, which is what we use in our organization for all of our meetings and video chats and everything. We don't use Zoom, um, but a whole bunch of new features were unrolled like a month into it, things that I've been asking and hoping for for ages. And suddenly they had new features and it worked better and it did more things. And then Facebook introduced theirs. They have their own, um, what do they call it? rooms or 
something. <laughs> they oh, have their yeah, own little video call people. thing. So yeah. everyone's like, even you see the big, big companies realizing like this is this is where people's needs need to be met is socialization, belonging. You see all these sites like like um, uh, board game like table game websites where you can share and all play Monopoly together or something like all these ways that we can connect um, are that's, that's about meeting a need that's under fulfilled right now. Um, can we talk about Google really quick? I just want to, I want to, I would love for you to defend them really quick here for me. Okay. I've been sending everyone to Google for six years. I'm like, use right. Google business. Reviews, yeah. I love Google Hangouts. I did all my meetings on Google Hangouts. Like I, I love Google. I think it's awesome. We talked about Google Slides for procedures. Like it's brilliant. I love Google. But the last like two months, it's been letting me down hard. Like just cutting out, freezing. Uh, my email inbox was like not available right now. I'm like, what? So oh, wow. now that you know, like now that I've been like a huge fan of Google for months, it's uh, it seems to have some glitches lately. Have you letting me down? That? Uh, I haven't, but I can imagine, like, they have a very reduced workforce as well, like anyone. So, um, I mean, we talked about it quite a while ago about how reviews are currently kind of just sitting in a database and not being published. And they yeah. outright said that because um, their workforce is reduced and, and there must be some amount of manual process there or something, review, or I don't know. Um, but yeah, they just basically said those are all going to sit in a folder somewhere until we can get to them and they'll be released later. So things like that, that they have um, intentionally reduced their service because, yeah, they don't have huge cubicle-filled rooms full of people to make this stuff happen. So I can imagine that, that there's going to be some technical issues that are harder to deal with now too. I'm sure if you haven't had any problems, it's probably my internet too. So I'm going to lay off Google. I, I can't <laughs> imagine like being that big and trying to be flexible. Like I, I know they are flexible. Obviously it's a huge part of their business model, but um, imagine trying to turn like the Titanic versus a little, I don't know what's a small, but I don't go in boats canoe. <laughs> like that would be Kayak. Easier. I don't know. Something. <laughs> yeah. Kayak. That'd be easier. Um, okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about with psychology? I'm trying to stick to our half an hour here for you. Oh, I'm good, but um, I don't think so. That's the main piece of it. It's just like thinking of people's motivations and what's important to them right now. And um, yeah, if you're trying to sell them a Rolex, that's probably not the top thing on their mind. <laughs> yeah. Find a different way to meet their needs. Agreed. So you wrote here, intent is everything. Yes, intent is everything. So when you talked about um, uh, packaging yeast and reselling it, if you set that at, a little bit of a marked up price and you blast it all over the place and it comes across as being a little bit profiteering and taking advantage of people that's not going to work whereas the exact same thing as you put a couple tablespoons or you put a cup in a little container and you say hey we you know we're able to buy this in bulk we know you can't get access to it so we wanted to share our supply with you that like that intent is everything because it's so easy to get that wrong and come across as the villain instead of the hero. So yeah, it's all about intent. So two things. Uh, one of the things that I teach constantly and I'm trying to remind everybody right now, there are going to be really cool opportunities that come out of this struggle because there always are, but it's not a real opportunity unless it's win-win. It's not sustainable right. unless it's win-win. It's not even like an idea unless it's win-win. If you're just out to make like it's those Amazon wipes. Like I literally almost accidentally bought 10 wipes for $99 when COVID first started. I was like, 
is this a cake? <laughs> and uh, so obviously those people, that's not a sustainable, not even allowed, right? But um, yeah. yeah, it's got to be win-win. So, and then what you said about the intent, um, I think it's one thing to have good intentions, but another one to clearly communicate them. Because I think a lot of people do have good intentions or people have a really good reason why, or they have a, a strong mission or they really believe in something and they don't share it. And I think that's a huge myth in marketing because they don't want to sound like they're um, self-promoting or they don't want to sound like they're trying too hard or whatever. So they just kind of post something that's not, it doesn't, it doesn't hook people. It doesn't speak to people. It doesn't land for people because it's not really authentic. So I think it's important to say, like you just said, it sounded very, um, not a very easy. I don't know what the word is. Authentic. I think that's the word I'm struggling to mm-hmm. find, but if you say it like that, it sounds completely authentic and it sounds like a good idea and it sounds like you're helping them out and you're just being honest and transparent. We wanted to help you out. Right. Um, but if you were trying to, and this is all marketing, if you're trying to trick somebody, you're trying to look like something you're not, or the whole bait and switch concept, like it, it just doesn't work ever. Yeah. Yeah. There's some of that stuff, like the profiteering and all that stuff is just straight out illegal. You just can't do that. But even just like we say, just the tone and making sure your good intentions are clear. That that means a lot. Like I'm thinking of all the golf courses were kind of the first thing that got to open. And um, there was, there was the possibility that you could do that wrong. (laughs) You know, you could, you could post saying, um, you know, how, how awful this spring has been for us and how all of this happening has really hurt our business. And so please come back and get your memberships. Now. Like if you make it self-serving about how hard this has been for us, it, it doesn't work. And people are going to be like really, really um, retaliating against that. But if it's all about, um, we're so excited to finally see you. We've been watching the grass grow and can't wait to get people out on it. Like you make it about them that means everything and that's also not new it's just that all of these things all these lessons are just becoming so much more clear these are all very well established things is serve your audience give them something that's meaningful to them um yeah and i think like years and years ago it became really apparent to me that people like you can't get away with anything anymore those companies who are who don't have good intentions they're not going to make it like with the way that we can get our news now, like across the globe instantly, you big companies can't, even small companies can't make bad choices or do things with bad intentions or get away with giving bad customer service or not delivering a quality product because it's going to be on their Google reviews. It's going to be on their social media reviews. It's going to be everywhere. Um, and the thing with, I was kind of thinking earlier when you were talking about it, it's kind of like we're holding a magnifying glass to a lot of these, these things. And that whole um this is kind of negative which is weird for me but there's a lot of people you know on social media that they're just like oh this is bad and this is wrong and they just want to to do that uh there's a lot more people out there right now that will crucify you um and write you bad reviews and and write stuff about you online right now you know so even more reason to be a good human and and have good intentions well that's that goes hand in hand with like everyone being full of empathy right now just because of the situation that um people are far more conscious consumers right now like they understand that every dollar they spend like we talk about voting with your dollar like every dollar you spend you're choosing what kind of business you want to exist in this world and that's never been more the case than ever in my existence than it ever has been like 
I try to think that way all the time where I'm like, no, what business do I choose? Like I will choose to spend more here because I want to support the downtown business instead of Costco. Like that's how I usually try to be a consumer, but that is so much the case now. So people are really critical about where they spend their money. So if there's any reason for them to not spend their money with you, they, that might get uncovered. <laughs> yeah, it will. And, and I love that literally right now you'll choose whether a business stays open or not by where you spend your dollar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, so if you go get your pizza at pizza 73, instead of two guys, that's voting for Lethbridge, which pizza joint do you want to still exist here? Like it's, that's what your dollars do. You, you don't work for those guys, right? Two guys? No. No, I don't. just wanted everyone to know that. Yeah, yeah. that's not <laughs> unbiased, just a yeah, delicious just pizza. No. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have picked a better villain in my, in my opinion. No, that's a great <laughs> example. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to get you to sum up. I want you to come back. I'm going to sum up. Week, yeah, I want you to sum up. Okay, so uh, behavior has changed because of people's willingness to go online, people's enthusiasm to support local and people's tolerance for pretty shoddy e-commerce setups because it doesn't matter as much anymore. That changed a lot. Psychology has changed a lot because of people's motivation, what needs they're trying to meet. And I think that's it. And have good intent. Make your good intentions clear. I like this. It's like I'm the boss and you do all the things. Yeah, I just fill in all I the like you being a guest. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I miss you like crazy on the podcast, Lane. You were, uh, <laughs> seriously, it, uh, it was an honor to have you for that eight months or whatever that I got you. But um, it was fun. I, having you as a guest is, is almost as good. So I hope you'll come back. Uh, and we sure appreciate your expertise. And um, we'll be sharing the, the heck out of this. Hopefully a lot of people can be helped by it because I think there's a lot of people right now just trying just kind of reacting and they're like trying to survive they're sort of in fight or flight mode I think and and uh if they were to just kind of take a breath think some of this stuff through make a plan uh and be more intentional about it they could have really great success I love the the Easter example with um with Mike mm -hmm. it's a good a really good example and I can echo that like I've seen a ton of organic reach because of sharing and so many people being online and yeah, people wanting to, yeah. So yeah, huge opportunity right now to be more strategic. So mm -hmm. quick tip. Oh, so I put together, so my quick tip is quick to tell you about, but not at all quick to do, <laughs> is that you, that you should be more strategic. And so making, putting the time together to do an annual strategic marketing plan and figure out for the whatever, however many months, like, when we've got seven months left in 2020, what is your marketing going to look like? What's your total budget? What are we going to do? Um, and to have an annual marketing plan or whatever your fiscal year, that's a good time to do it when you're doing all your budgets that you know what your marketing budget is then and you can put that out there. So I put together a quick outline of what I think a marketing plan should look like as far as what should be in it. There's going to be a lot of stuff that you need to go search and figure out what that means and what how to do it but if you go to i just made it a short link so bitly bit.ly bitly slash marketing outline there's just a very simple ugly word document outline of like if you were to make this into a document here's the things that i think you should include so things like your mission statement and unique value propositions and what does your brand look like and sound like and what's your customer journey and um, what are the marketing activities that you're going to be involved in and who is the team that's going to execute them and how are you going to measure success and all of that should be in there. So 
my quick tip is to go do 20 hours of work. <laughs> sounds like my annual like strategic marketing advice. plan. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It looks awesome. Um, thank yeah. you. It's not pretty, together. but I think it has a lot of value in it. It is. You needed an outline to follow because there's no like template of how a marketing plan should look. Everyone does it different, but just in our experience and how we do this for clients, this includes a lot of what we would put into a marketing outline for someone. So you know exactly what to do over the next 12 awesome. months. Awesome. Yeah, this looks great. Thank you. I think it looks pretty. Um, my quick tip is to just resurvey people or, or buy some new research just to make sure that you guys look at um, what your, your whole business was probably based on filling a need before or um, helping somebody move towards a goal. Um, and that motivation has probably changed or it's at least a little bit different. So I think it's a good idea to go back and find out either reaffirm, you know, that you're serving the, the need or, you know, uh, helping people in the way that you, you think their psychology is working or uh, you might have to change some things and chances are you probably have to change some things. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I don't want it to end because I want you to come back as a podcast host. Um, so that's it. That's it. Thank you so much for, uh, for doing that. And I hope that we can have you back soon because your expertise is so appreciated and I know it helps a ton of people and uh, you want to tell people where they can find you. Sure. I'm Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Those are my ones. So LinkedIn, just my name, Lane Anderson, Twitter, Lane underscore Anderson, and Instagram, the real Lane Anderson. So those are the three that are best to connect with me on. Awesome. And you guys know where to find me. Um, Kelly Ray Tamaki, TMH Business Coaching Consulting on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's so funny because I'm still following your outline and I, I almost keep forgetting that you're not like co-hosting this and right. you have what, to say these things what do you want us to do now lane what do you want me to do <laughs> okay guys well thank you so much for watching and uh i sure hope that that helps you i know that it will if you put that stuff into action and lane can you would you do you want to post that link onto the facebook post of the live stream sure awesome that'd be so helpful for people and we will um put the link to that below anywhere you have found this so anyways i hope you guys are taking care and you guys are staying safe and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Lane. Appreciate you. Miss you. Thanks. You <laughs> See you.